The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, this is Lisa Duffy with LisaDuffy.com, and I'd like to welcome you to the first podcast in a series of podcasts I'm going to be offering, specifically focused on helping you manage your finances after divorce. Now, the topic we're going to start out with today is the question that so many people who go through a divorce have high on their list, and that is, is selling my home the right thing to do? And that's a big deal, so I'm excited to get into this with you. And walking us through this topic today is my friend Jamie Minster. Jamie is a certified divorce financial analyst and a collaborative divorce financial specialist, and she can tell me what the difference is. But um, suffice it to say, she knows what she's talking about, and she's an expert in her field. So, Jamie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Jamie, how did you get started in this particular aspect of financial planning? Well, I had been a financial advisor for several years, and I had uh, a couple of clients in a row who had recently been divorced, and both had received an equitable divorce, meaning that they both got half. However, the half that they received wasn't what was best for them, and I started to do some more research and found that this was a tremendous need and found a certification that was going to give me further training on it. And my heart really took me to working with people going through this really challenging time. That is so excellent. And uh, I hope that there will be more people like you coming forward because, you know, I've been through a divorce even though it was uh, 22 years ago. It was devastating in so many ways definitely financially, and I, as I've mentioned to you before, I sure could have used someone like you guiding me through that terrible time. And a lot of uh, the subscribers to my website and the readers of my newsletter, they have these very, very uh, critical struggles, whether they're parents or not. Um, divorce is just really very difficult and challenging financially. So um, I'm so glad that you're with us today, and I'm really happy that you're doing this. So let's go ahead and get right down to this issue. Is selling my home the right thing to do? When you, have, when you meet a client for the first time, is this one of the first questions that they have? Typically, this is the very top of the list, especially if you've had a family that you've raised in the home. It's a really hard thing to even consider often whether or not you should keep the home or it's un- unthinkable that you wouldn't keep your home. Right. So this is definitely top of the list. It is. It is a very important question. I, I have known over the years many people in this uh, predicament. They just don't know what the right thing to do is. They, they do have a very difficult time swallowing the idea or entertaining the idea that they have to uproot their children and move into something smaller, it can be very devastating. So what advice would you give someone? Take us through the process of figuring out if this is the right thing to do or not. Absolutely. So the first thing that I do is I gather a tremendous amount of information. So what we're trying to come up with is what is a realistic budget, not the budget that you think you should live with, but what do you 
actually need to sustain your household. And the best way to do that is to go through, it sounds like an awful lot, but to go through a year's worth of bank statements. And the reason for that is because it's very easy to forget what we spend on a Halloween costume or our homeowners association dues or all of those things maybe you only pay for once a year. So the first thing you want to do is come up with what is a realistic budget and what are, are your actual expenses. From there, then you can start to make really educated decisions. And getting a divorce is quite possibly the biggest financial decision you're going to make in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So take your time and go through the statements and find out where you are. Then you can start looking at whether or not you can afford to stay in the home. Um, so that's the, that's the first step. Okay. The next thing that I suggest that you do is speak with a mortgage lender. And that may seem very early on. However, there are things that you can do to prepare yourself for either getting the home put in your name or they're going to let you know ahead of time what you can and cannot do. Things like taking out additional credit, all of those things that you can do to damage your ability to get a mortgage in the future. Right. My husband is a mortgage lender, and I know he's very, very particular about if you want to buy a house, don't go get a new car. You know, if you want to qualify for a new home, don't take out that second or third credit card. It's very, very particular. Yes, and don't go closing accounts either without speaking with someone. That can be damaging as well. So the question is, can you stay in the home? Well, a mortgage lender is really going to be able to give you a, a firm understanding. Maybe you need to pay off the car, maybe in order to qualify, or maybe you need to pay down credit. And this can start to help you put together the plan and find out whether you can or cannot. The other thing to look at is sometimes there's a knee-jerk reaction of, I cannot stay in the house. There's no way that I can do that. Well, without all of the data, you don't know the answer to that. And renting may be more expensive than what your mortgage is. Right. And at the end of the year, you haven't invested anything and don't have any of the write-offs either that are provided by a mortgage. So this is a very important piece of the puzzle, but there are a lot of components that go into making that decision of whether you can or cannot stay in the home. Um, I think that we tend to jump to the assumption either that we can or cannot, and until you have all of the data and you have it all organized, there's just really no way to know. Right. So it sounds like the... Three, two or three immediate steps then would be to A, sit down and account for every dollar that's gone through yeah. your account, every dollar you spent. And yeah. um, I've done that myself in the past, and it is an arduous task, but I'll tell you what, you have a bigger picture in front of you that's accurate, and it's, it's kind of refreshing to not have to wing it or to not make assumptions, um, but to have concrete numbers that you can really, really work with. So that's a really great step. And then after that, consulting a a mortgage lender or, well, a mortgage lender, so you can find out um, whether or not you can stay, the likelihood of staying or leaving, Um, even refinancing, wouldn't you say, would be an option? 
Um, yeah. And that's a really important thing. You know, I, I'm certainly no expert in the industry, but from what I understand, rates are pretty low right now and, and have been for a while. So if you can refinance, that's a great thing. Well, and you want to make sure, too, if there are things that you can put into place now. For example, you typically have to have been receiving alimony for four months before you can count that as income, and it has to last for three years. So are there ways in which you can set yourself up for being able to refinance or take out a different mortgage? Interesting. So if I am newly divorced and I've, this is the second month I've received alimony, and it's only going to go for 16 months, then I wouldn't qualify for, that wouldn't qualify for income. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Correct. We are so taught um, foolish things about money, that you shouldn't be emotional about money, or you shouldn't be emotional about your stocks. I think it's something that people like to get, you know, it's a bit of a saying. And I can't think of anything more emotional than getting a tax bill from the IRS or giving a bonus check. I mean, that is, yes. those feelings are kind of the height and the bottom. And so let's stop telling ourselves that we shouldn't be emotional about money mm -hmm. because it's our safety, it's our security, and it matters. And being able to take care of ourselves and our families really revolves around money. I you know, I feel like we can get a little bit of a handle on our emotions if we can also know what is, what is ahead. And even if it's bad news, at least you know the news and you can deal with it. Um, I've even advised people that I, it, maybe it's too much for you to move out of your house right now. Let's just know that in six months from now and a year from now, this is where you need to go. Or you're, you're going to you're going to spend down all of your reserves. Okay. And uh, Jamie, if someone came to you, you would have, I, I'm sure you have a circle of professionals around you that you can refer people to as far as maybe if they need a realtor or uh, a mortgage specialist or, you know, any of those people. True? Absolutely. I have a very great network of people that I trust and that I have great relationships with that can really help support my clients going through this really hard time. Excellent. That's wonderful. And Jamie, if people want to get a hold of you, where would they do that? Well, you may always give me a call. And my phone number is 843-302-6271. Or you can reach me at Jamie. J-A-M-I-E at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, Minster, M-I-N-S-E-E-R dot com. And you're also welcome to visit my website, which is jamieminster.com, and there's a number of resources there as well. Excellent. That's wonderful. Well, Jamie, I'm really happy that you've been able to join us and talk about this really important issue, and I look forward to doing our next podcast. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks again for joining us, and I hope you will tune in for more help in rebuilding your life after divorce at lisaduffy.com. Copyright 2016, Lisa Duffy.